You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Locked On Indians podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. I know what you're thinking. You haven't written an article in a month. Um, we're going to talk about that at the top of the show. I'm still 24-7 Sports. The problem is I was doing a full-time job search. I have a two-year-old at home, and I'm doing a daily podcast, some of you might have noticed. Uh, what this all combines to mean is I've done about six half-written articles and never got through them. Uh, I am working on a Cape Cod stat piece right now that will go up very soon. Uh, by very soon, I'm hoping by the end of the week, I'm looking at the 10 most important stats and the players who led the league in those stats in the Cape Cod. Uh, it's looking like we'll probably break that streak of uh, the guy who led the Cape in total strikeouts, uh, turning into a breakout star during the season. I'm just not as sold on Connor Ash as maybe others might be, but there's still some interesting guys throughout, um, specifically hitters that really stood out to me as I was working on this piece as names to pay attention. Now, uh, the school year has started, which means I'm not able to stay up as late to watch games. So this podcast is going to evolve a little bit. We'll talk about the game, where it is. Uh, right now, it is currently 8-2 to two in the 7th. It's been a crappy one for the Indians. And, you know, Mercado has really seen his play fall off a cliff. Uh, Kipnis has been fantastic in this one, but uh, everyone else has really struggled. Let's go into Adam Simber. Um, a year ago, the Indians traded for Adam Simber, and he was so bad in the second half, he shouldn't have been on the playoff roster. And he still was because, hey, Tito can't adapt. Uh, Adam Simber is still being used as a primary setup man, and the problem we're seeing is, again, his second half performance is not great so far. 317 average, 379 on base, 383 slugging. Uh, his OPS has gone up almost 140 points. Now, in fairness, his bat hip in the first half was completely too low he couldn't maintain that it was about 70 points too low so his 270 batting average uh, against was going to jump to 280 his bat pip in the second half is 365 that's about 70 points too high so he's about in the middle of where he was he is a okay pitcher he's not anything more than that the fact he's being used in a setup role is less than ideal he should probably be kind of like uh, you know, when they, they had Manship and Otero, and Otero was more of like a seventh inning guy, that should really be Simber. But we're seeing those continued struggles. And on top of that, he is at his core a roogie. And when you put him out there against non-right-handers, you're going to pay a price. Uh, Hunter Wood, another ineffectual game. And while I like what Wood has done, and there's some interesting data with him in terms of like spin rate, Tampa really badly needed relievers, and they traded Hunter Wood. And that's all you really need to know about Hunter Wood. Um this is a rough one. I don't think there's any way around it, barring some kind of miracle comeback that makes this podcast sound incredibly dumb. Uh, I just don't see it. It looks like a, a loss in game one for the Indians. So <clears throat> we have 15 minutes of show left. What do we do? This morning, I found myself in the shower thinking about the 40-man. The 40-man is going to be a really interesting situation this offseason. So I thought this would be a 40-man-focused show. We just kind of go through who's on the roster now, um, just doing a basic staying, going, or status change. Because uh, if someone's on the 60-man DL, they're going to have to be put back on the roster, so that means it's a status change. We also have to look at guys who need to be added. There's a lot. Uh, players that uh, are kind of on that bubble and just where the Indians are going to go from here. Uh, the 40-man crunch this offseason is going to be pretty huge. Um 
they are going to have to take a lot into consideration. It is not going to be pretty, is what I realized as I was thinking about that. So without further ado, let's just kind of dive into it. Logan Allen, of course, safe. Cody Anderson currently on the 60-day DL. I think he gets designated for assignment. Just too many injuries. Uh, no spot for him, so that's a no change. Bieber, Kraska's on the 60-day DL. Uh, you know, he had that fantastic outing last night. He could be the Indians' uh, closer come playoff time. Just keep that in mind with the way he pitched the other night. But that means currently they're at a negative one in terms of spots. Uh, Simber, Saval, Clevenger, all good. Clippard, free agent to be, so that opens up one spot and puts him at zero. A.J. Cole, I think, is likely gone. John Edwards, likely gone. That's two spots opened up. Goody, Hand, and Sam Henkes are all to stay. Corey Kluber is to stay, so all of a sudden they're up one. Phil Maton, uh, a stay. Juan Carlos Mejia, I think, comes off after a disappointing year this year, so that gives you two spots. Ty Olson probably stays just because lefty. Otero, likely gone. Uh, Oliver Perez, his vesting option, likely stays. Uh, Otero is on the 60-day DL, so that does not give us any extra spots. So if you're keeping track at home, we are at plus two. Jeffrey Rodriguez, 60-day disabled list, has to be moved. Uh, so we are down to one. Danny Salazar probably goes away. Let's be honest, another disappointing year for him. I don't know if that arm's ever getting healthy. That puts us back at a plus two. Josh D. Smith, he'll be let go. That's a plus three. Jordan Stevens, um, I just I don't hear any talk about him. I think he is a candidate to be let go. Plus four. Nick Wetgren, Hunter Wood, safe. Catching position, Haas and Perez are definitely safe. Kevin P. could be uh, on the chopping block. I mean, Haas is just a year younger than him, and at some point you want him on the roster. He's... He, he is what he is, and I don't think there's a big enough separation between those two guys. So, But they're going to need a third guy at some point. So, um, yeah, so we've gotten through pitchers and catchers, and we are in net four with me being pretty aggressive. I'm not going to get cut Kevin P at this point, but we are at a, a plus four. Christian Royal needs to be added, so that's a, at a three. Bobby Bradley will stay, though he might be traded. Chang stays. Freeman stays. Kipnis gone, so we're back to four. Lindor, Ramirez, Santana, Andrew Valesquez. All of them are going to stay. Still at a plus four. Greg Allen, Jake Bowers, Jordan Luplo, Oscar Mercado, Tyler Naquin, Fran Mil Reyes all stay. So plus four. Puig takes us up to a five, but Bradley Zimmer off the DL takes us back down to a four. So we are at four roster spots for the Cleveland Indians to add players. In the second half of the show, we're going to go through the long list of names of guys that need to be added, and you'll see why four is probably not enough um, for this organization and why you know someone like Kevin P., uh, some of those other uh, fringy pitchers could be in trouble, um, You know, maybe even someone like Mike Freeman. But it, the innate thing is you always want to have a few guys that are cuttable, like in, maybe an Andrew Velasquez, where you like the potential, but if you need to sign someone, well... You know, that, that's who pays the price. When you're right up against it, um, the, the Indians are going to have to gamble. There's just no other way around it. They are going to have to gamble. And I'm like I said, I felt like that was a pretty aggressive uh, chopping block by me. You know, maybe Phil Maton or Hunter Wood, maybe they only keep one of those guys. There's ways to get that extra spot. But at this point, we have four open spots. And when we come back from the break, we'll discuss a laundry list of names. BlueChew.com, our first sponsor. Uh, you've heard me talk about them half a hundred times by now. Probably literally, because we are at 103 episodes, I think. So half a hundred would be about how much they've sponsored us. So they are utterly fantastic. 
Uh, it's the little blue pill that does the same thing as Viagra and Cialis, same active ingredients. It's chewable though, so it gets your bloodstream quicker, allows you to do what you want to do quicker. If you've ever been curious, if you're like me and you've been hearing about little blue pills since uh, you were a, a kid, basically, this is your chance. You go over to bluechew.com, you're going to use that promo code locked on, and you're going to pay the five bucks for shipping, and you get a free trial. So, sate your curiosity. Find out what all the hype's about. Go to bluechew.com. Use that promo code locked on. We also want to give a shout out internally to the, uh, you know, the locked on NFL. Uh, it's been fantastic. Former Scott Scott Williamson has joined, and it's hosted by Brian Peacock. Locked on NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique take on the game. Follow locked on NFL right now from your podcast provider. You know, it's uh, we're doing a lot on the network. It's a really good podcast if you like the NFL. Locked on NFL. Okay, and we are back. So, okay, so with the 40-man, one of the things you have to consider um, right away is players who will be finishing their fifth season in the minors who are high school guys or fourth year and they're college guys. So that takes us back to the 2014 draft. Number one pick, Brady Aiken. No concern. Uh, your second highest pick, Juan Hillman. Not really a concern. Kai A. Tom has performed pretty well this year, um, but I don't think he's getting added. You go through the rest of the list, there's not much. Of course, I'm skipping over the obvious name, and the guy who absolutely has to be added is Tristan McKenzie. Um, you might be like, wow, it's already been five years. Well, he missed a year and a half. Um, with injury, and he's probably not going to pitch it all this year. But if you left him unprotected, he gets picked up in a hot minute. Uh, there's no doubt about that. So he is a no-doubt addition. So then you jump to 2016 because we got to look at our college class now. Um, you know, Jones is still a year out. Benson isn't a concern. Logan Ice isn't a concern. You go down that high school list. Andrew Landtrip, it hasn't really worked out. You keep going. The nice thing, if, I mean, you want to call it a nice thing, is there really isn't anyone that's a massive risk who is a college player. I mean, just going through the initial list, it's like Gavin Collins and Mitch Luongo are likely the most interesting amongst the college talent. Um, and I would be surprised if either of them ended up um, being selected. Just keep going down, and there's just not a lot there. Um, they probably don't have to add anyone from those two rosters at this point uh, from that draft. So the nice thing is we've got three spots left. Now it gets a little bit tricky, though, because um, Daniel Johnson, who is you know one of the Indians' top prospects, is finishing up his fifth, uh, no, his fourth year in the minors after being drafted out of college. So you have to add him if he's not. On your 40-man, he is gone, and he is one of your prime candidates to replace um, Yasiel Puig's position in a year. He was taken on that 2016 draft from New Mexico State, so there you go. Uh, he is number two of the have-to-add, so those that's two spots you have to open up. So you got two spots left. Um, at this point, it's kind of the... The reliever track. Uh, I've talked about Jared Robinson before, who's going to be a, uh, a reliever for someone who's going to be a free agent to be if they don't add him to the 40-man. Um, I thought for sure he'd be added at some point, but um, it just hasn't happened yet. But certainly still a name to watch. 11th round pick in 2014 out of Cerritos College. This year, 378 ERA, 
12.6 strikeout per nine, 4.2 walk per nine. Um, this is his age, 24, 25 year. He has pitched across three levels, was a starter to start out, and the last two years has transitioned very successfully to the pen. You hear a lot of good things about him. So uh, maybe they try to sneak him through. The other guys we have to talk about are Cam Hill, uh, Kyle Dowdy is a, a name to keep in mind, and um, Scott Moss. So let's talk about Moss, who just got the promotion to Double A or Triple A. I'm sorry. If you're like Scott Moss, Scott Moss, he is one of the pieces they got in the Trevor Bauer deal, and the Indians liked him enough, knowing that here is a college lefty from Florida. From Florida, I'm sorry. Ooh, that was almost a big no-no. From Florida, good pedigree, um, performed okay. Maybe a little disappointing in the minors, but still, uh, there's enough there that if you let him pass through, he's likely taken in the Rule Five, just because he's a lefty pitcher who was a reliever in college, very, very successful as a lefty reliever, has had a few more struggles um, as a starter, so a team could easily be like, okay, there's a second lefty, boom. Um, yeah. Moss, I think, is a pretty sure bet at this point. Again, just promoted to Triple A. He's, uh, you know, he's done more of the same. He misses bats. He walks guys at a high rate. The Indians like something there, so I would bet on Scott Moss being added. Cam Hill, uh, the Indians have liked him. They've legitimately liked him for a few years. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy. Last year uh, was a massive struggle. This year, though, he's back to uh, excellent performance, mostly in Columbus. He's had a few games in the lower minors, but uh, 13.5 strikeouts per nine, 2.5 walks, 1.7 home run rate isn't great, but again, this is Columbus, and a solid hit rate. He's doing everything he needs. The Indians have liked him for a while. I mean, when he hit Akron, gosh, was that back in 2016? Yeah, so he was drafted in 2015, and he was in Akron the next year, and he just hasn't been able to fully stay healthy. They've been working on things with him, but this year he is all of a sudden missing bats at a rate he has never missed bats at, and I think he probably gets a September call-up. So that's your four spots, like almost already locked in between Hill um Hill, Johnson, Moss, and uh, McKenzie. I like Jared Robinson, but he could be on the outside looking in. They're going to, you know, we'll see about him. I haven't even talked about Kyle Dowdy, who was taken a year ago and would likely get selected again. Um, He's mostly, at this point, kind of a fastball guy, but that fastball is in the upper 90s. He, you know, he's a great student of the game. He, the Indians liked him enough to pay a little bit more to get Leonis Martin a year ago because they also wanted to get Dowdy in that deal. And since he's returned to Akron, 9.5 strikeouts per nine, 3.6 walk rate. Uh, you know, he has good numbers. He's worked almost entirely out of that reliever role. Uh, just one start. Uh, he was mostly a starter in the minors. So this is a different look for him, but it's probably the best look because of he's more of a two-pitch guy. And that's, I mean, everything about him kind of screams good candidate to be selected again. Uh, Right-hander, big fastball. See what happens. But as one can see, just going through it, I was really aggressive in chopping down the roster, probably more so than the Indians will be. Um, But they really need to clear three spots. 
I mean, they have to clear three spots. Um, they're going to have to make some hard decisions. I mean, that's me cutting Juan Carlos Mejia, who was considered a top 10 prospect by some to start the year. That's me cutting, uh, you know, not bringing back Otero, not bringing back Clipper, not bringing back a lot of guys who have spent some time in the pen this year. But it's going to be a, a, a situation to track because for the first time in a few years, there is a legitimate crunch on this 40-man, and it's just going to continue to get worse year to year, um, which is almost a good problem to have. You know, it's teams like Tampa and San Diego have been going through this, and one would argue those are two of the top from A to rookie ball, most talented organizations in all of baseball. I want to thank everyone for listening in, following along. Um, I hope you enjoyed this kind of quick tour of the 40-man and looking at, you know, five to six names you really need to add. And here's the thing. I'm probably forgetting people. Un- undoubtedly, there's a name I'm leaving off, a name that isn't hitting me. You're like, James Karinchak. He's not, you don't have to worry. He can be left off the roster for a while. And he struggled a bit in AAA. Or if, you know, you want to, Nick Sandlin. It's, well, he's hurt right now, and he's not really um, on the doorstep. We're looking at those guys who have to be added. If you don't add them, uh, any team can take them. And that's kind of was the focus here. And, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things that kind of hit me, and I thought it was fun to talk about. Remember to rate and review, tell a friend, do all those things. Let's keep uh, the momentum going on this podcast. And as always, go Tribe, even though they're now losing 92 in the ninth because Phil Mayton, um who <laughs> may not be with the team next year. Maybe he's that fifth cut. Uh, struggled again out of the pen. Ugly game. Ugly, ugly game for the Cleveland Indians. Night. Go Tribe.